Welcome to Pursuing the Pinnacle podcast. I'm your host, Andy Brenton. Each week, you will hear engaging tips and strategies in order to live your absolute best life as a Christian. So let's begin with today's portion of Practical Christian Living. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been taking a look at the topic of attitude and how that affects our daily walk as Christians. Last week, we asked the question, why is our attitude important? And we're seeking to answer that question by looking at seven major statements regarding our attitude. Last week, we considered our attitude determines our approach towards life. That was the number one statement. Our number two statement is our attitude determines our relationships with people. And our number three statement, two and three, are which we're going to cover today. Number three is often our attitude is the only difference between success and failure. So let's begin with our major statement about attitude number two. Our attitude determines our relationships with people. It's all about the golden rule. We all know the golden rule, Matthew 7, 12. Therefore, however you want people to treat you, you need to be treating them the same way, right? And so this major statement takes on a higher significance when as Christians, we realize the effective ministry to one another that's based on relationships. If we want our ministry to be effective, if we want to grow outside of the pew on Sunday mornings in one another's lives, we understand it has to do and is strongly based on our relationship, first and foremost, with God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit, but secondly, with one another. The model of ministry is best captured in John chapter 13. We all remember John chapter 13, right? Christ and his disciples are gathered in the upper room. Christ bends down and begins to wash the feet of his disciples. Big moment, huge moment in the eyes of the disciples. And so there's a few components, three of which that I want to mention of Christ's model of ministry that we need to take notice of. The first component is that Jesus was with individuals with whom he had shared all areas of life. And that's important. If we want our ministry to affect each and every one of our relationship, then we have to realize that our model of ministry as it is with Christ should include individuals with whom we share our life with. The second component is that we need to have an attitude and demonstration of servitude. And that is exactly what Jesus had. He had the attitude behind servitude, but he also demonstrated it. He didn't just think about it. He didn't just wish he would be it. He was, and he did. The third component is an all-encompassing command of having this relational love. And Jesus set this for us in John 13 and verse 35, by this all men will know that you are my disciples. By how? By the love that you have for one another. Any effective ministry of relating to other people includes all three of these biblical components. There is not a single methodology, whether it be preaching, teaching, counseling, visitations, whatever, None of those alone will effectively minister to all the needs all the time. It takes a wise combination of many methods to reach the needs of many people. And the bridge between the gospel remedy and the people's needs really comes down to a leadership that's based on relationship, not boardroom relationships, not checking the boxes off type of relationships, but leadership that's based on relationships that come from love. And we see this so perfectly emphasized in John chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, where it says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, 
He goes on ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And so one of the things that we learn from this, actually there's three things we learn from this particular passage, is that our relationships must be to the point of instant recognition. He calls his own sheep by name. We know one another. And it's not just by name. He recognizes. He knows who they are. He knows them, and they know him. It's not just a name-by-name basis. It's not like going in on Sunday morning worship services and shaking hands, and you just say, hey, it's good to see you, and you fill in the blank with the name. It's more than that. It's more than just the name. It's the person. You know the person, and you know their name. It's instant recognition. The second thing that we find here with this relational leadership is that this is established or built on trust. This relationship that we are to have is built on trust, and his sheep hear his voice and come to him. Why do they come to him? Because they trust him. So not only do we recognize, but we also trust. And the third view of relational leadership is a modeled leadership. He walks ahead of them and they follow. He's not afraid to do as he's called them to do. He's walking ahead of them. He's showing them the way, and he's showing them where they're going to go. Now, even with all that said, establishing such relationships is difficult. Why? It's because people are funny. They want a place in the front of the bus, the back of the church, and in the middle of the road. You tell a man there's 300 billion stars in the sky, he'll believe you. You tell him that the bench is wet because it just got painted, he's going to touch it just to be sure. Something that I have found that I believe is very fitting here is through the Stanford Research Institute, or SRI.com, and it says the money that you make in any endeavor is determined only 12.5% by knowledge and 87.5% by your ability to deal with people. And that is why Teddy Roosevelt said the most important single ingredient to the formula of success is knowing how to get along with people. And so when the attitude, that's what we're dealing with here, when the attitude that we have places other people first and we see people as important, then our perspective will reflect their viewpoint, not ours. And until we walk in another person's shoes and see life through another person's eyes, we will be like the man who angrily jumped out of his car after a collision with another car. Why don't you people get out of my way? I'm trying to drive. And he shouted this wildly as he says, you're the fourth car I've hit today. It wasn't too many years ago that we were traveling through the South and we stopped at a gas station. And what kind of took me by surprise was the first rate class customer service that they offered in this place. It was a gas station. It wasn't like it was a high-end restaurant or anything like that. It wasn't a hotel. It was a gas station. And I was really taken back. I was impressed by this treatment, but I began to fully understand the reason why. I was walking out and I read a sign on the front of the door of this gas station. It took me a little while to actually find this, but I found one of these online and I'm going to read this to you. And it's titled, Why Customers Quit. 1% die, 3% move away, 5% find other friendships, 9% competitive reasons, meaning price, 14% product dissatisfaction, but 68% quit because of an attitude of indifference toward them 
by some employee. In other words, 68% quit because the workers did not have a customer mindset working for them. Usually, the person who rises within an organization has a good attitude. The promotions did not give the individual an outstanding attitude. Instead, an outstanding attitude resulted in his promotions. A study by Telemetrics International pertained to those quote-unquote nice guys who had all climbed to the corporate ladder at the top. A total of 16,000 executives were studied. I want you to observe the difference between executives defined as high achievers, those who generally have a healthy attitude, and those who are considered low achievers who generally have an unhealthy attitude. You see, high achievers tended to care about people as well as profits. Low achievers were preoccupied with their own security. High achievers viewed subordinates optimistically. Low achievers showed a basic distrust of subordinates and their abilities. High achievers saw advice from their subordinates. Low achievers did not. High achievers were listeners. Low achievers avoided communication and relied on policy manuals alone. And so here's a challenge for you in the next week. For the next week, I want you to treat every person you meet without a single exception as the most important person on this earth. I believe you'll find that they will begin treating you the same way. That was axiom number two. Axiom number three, the third major statement regarding our attitude, and this is a shorter one, is this. Often our attitude is the only difference between success and failure. History's greatest achievements have been made by people who excelled only slightly over the masses of others in their fields. I want you to think about that. It wasn't leaps and bounds. It wasn't huge monumental tasks that were tackled by these people. No, they excelled only slightly over the masses of others in their fields. And this could be called the principle of the slight edge. Many times that slight edge was all about attitude. A Princeton Seminary professor discovered that the spirit of optimism really does make a difference. He made a study of great preachers across past centuries, and he noted their tremendous varieties of personalities and gifts. And then he asked the question, what do the outstanding pulpiteers all have in common besides their faith? After several years of searching, he found the answer. It was their cheerfulness. In most cases, they were happy men. Their attitude was a joy-filled attitude. So here's your attitude application. There's very little difference between people, but that little difference makes a big difference. And that difference comes down to our attitude. So think of something that you desire. What is something that you're ambitious about? What is it that you're wanting to go after? And what attitude will you need to get it or achieve it? Think on that. Once again, I want to thank you for listening to Pursuing the Pinnacle, subscribing to it, and sharing it with those that you love. As always, it's my prayer that God be with you and that you seek Him in all things. Until next time, God bless.